welcome scripture bro scripture bro two scripture bros and our massive following (laughs) (laughs) hey i appreciate every 100 and whatever it is of you at this point yeah uh just a cool update last week i was able to share the cool news about 100 subscribers now i think it's 109 110 maybe something like that since last week an extra nine that was uh, believe it or not, I lost my phone. I don't that was a big that. jump. That was fantastic. Oh, it's right here. So I can tell you real quick. All right, let's do a quick update. Let's do a quick. Hopefully, subscriber I've update. seen people leave. Yeah. That's just kind of how it works. No, a lot of times, uh, bots will subscribe to a channel, oh, okay. and then Google will realize it's a bot and they'll shut it down, and I got it you. automatically removes. Well, that that helps Six. me. Oh, never mind. Wrong channel. That was my other channel. Six hundred. I was like, what? <laughs> 108. 108. All right, so it was 109. So we lost a bot. I we think. lost a bot, probably. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, as long as it's not a human, I guess. I don't really care. But anyway, the point I'm trying to make All is... glory to God. Yeah, man. Um, whatever. It's it's organically kind of growing. I like it. We haven't paid for any type of placement or any type of oh, no, enhancement. Yeah. Like We're just doing our thing and trying to be true to Scripture, and Amen. I like it. So... Relax on the back porch and... Yeah. Last week, just to give an update, I told you a little bit, but I'll tell you. Um, so last week I made the... I would say mistake, but I'll let you judge. <laughs> on on the surface, it appeared yeah, that way. I'll let you judge. I made what I thought was clever, ended up being... <laughs> man, I got, I got absolutely ripped. Roasted. This last week, dude. Hashtag um, roasted. But it's it's kind of what you expect when you, I think maybe you said this when you when you hit a a hornet's nest, you get stung, you know. Right. And I think that that's what happened. I to be clever, I hit hashtag atheist, and I'm not entirely sure how this stuff works yet. But now I get it. I get it a little bit more now. I put <laughs> hashtag atheist, uh, and apparently it goes to other people who are looking for atheistic type things and it turns out that that's true and a lot of them hated what i had to say absolutely hated the fact that i said molecules don't make morals and i mean they just they wanted to kill me i just see these people like angrily typing out can you be- i can't yeah. believe you're this so guy. stupid yeah it's like what are you so angry about bro? i don't think i was cursed at- i quit looking after a while <laughs> i don't think i was cursed at but definitely people said how can you be this stupid yeah. and stuff like that but I don't expect them to agree and that's okay. But I will say something really cool came from it. Uh, Just keep it anonymous. I had someone reach out to me who initially said, you guys, what do you like basically in total disagreement? And um, that person and I have been talking for the past couple nights and uh, we have gotten to the point where an intelligent designer seems like the most probable thing. And now we're discussing, I asked this person today, Okay, so can I start telling you why I chose Christianity? And they said, yes, I would love to hear. Bro. Amen, bro. Amen. Amen. So now we're talking about the God of Christianity. And once we get past that, we'll talk about Jesus and all of that stuff. So Now, to your point, this is how spreading the gospel and discipling people works. Amen. I, I have said for many years, you will never bring Jesus to somebody by beating them over the head with a Bible. Correct. Um, To that same point. Social media is not the forum for having intimate conversations about any topic, right? Much less your religion and your belief system, right? Um, there's too much that goes into 
um, false pretenses when you talk to somebody via yeah. text only or via comment that's open to the world. Um, and also on, you know, there's a lot of bias that goes into that, that, that you can assume based on just words. And, uh, I'm pretty sure we know that the Bible teaches us it's through relationship with one another that creates the relationship with Christ. Yeah. I mean, I, I'll get on board with that because at first it's nothing but presuppositions. That's it. Right. You don't know the person. Right. You think they're just out there spitting something and you're out there spitting something it's like it becomes a war right and, and that's if, not the point no and if if you already are of the mindset that well nobody likes my opinion because it's x opinion yeah then you're gonna assume that person's the same way yeah and like you said it just creates this war and battle yep because they're not walking in the spirit yeah it was very it was very helpful for me to really i mean i mean just to be real and we'll get into the content here in like 30 seconds. But um, I didn't really know how strong I was in my faith until I had to defend it. <laughs> right. And typically that's right? how it goes. Like, no, yeah. I mean, if we just surround ourselves in a church, we'll never go very deep. Right. But when you sit with a bunch of atheists and they're a rip in you, bro, and you have to come back and now they're thinking about your side, that's beautiful, dude. Mm -hmm. That means that you have a very good understanding and um, like we talked about for weeks and weeks and weeks, there's a lot of good legs under your table. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, some of these comments that I got, they they got me to think. Right. But then at the end of the day, I it saw made a couple me stronger. Of, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I saw. I read a couple of them and was like, yeah, hmm. It really made me that stronger. Is a, that is a somewhat valid point. However, Scripture says, here's so, your here's your answer in Scripture. Uh, yeah. From the Creator of the universe. Right. So, anyway. Um, I just want to encourage anyone, and this is kind of why we do this. Don't just be one layer deep on your theology. And don't say to someone, well, you just got to have faith. <laughs> no, you have Are to you have more than me? that. I mean, everything requires faith, but Christianity is the most provable. But um, last thing, just quickly. The gentleman said he grew up in a Christian household, you know, and... Um, there's a lot of hypocrisy. And I said, me too. <laughs> me too, bro. And for sure. And hashtag me too. Let's not be that. Right. Let's not be that because if, if we can't defend our beliefs, why do we even believe them? Oh, very valid. Christianity isn't transferred. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you know, like you don't get to, you don't get to like take someone else's Christianity and wear it. You have to have your own faith and I don't care how you go about it. For me, it was skepticism, proving it wrong. And the Lord's so Same. gracious that it got proved right in front of my face time and time and time again. And um, But reach out to us. We would love to help anyone get stronger in their faith. Or if someone doesn't believe, we would have to help to, um, we would love to help them see how we got to where we're at. Right. Right. We're not just dumb consumers. Correct. We literally, this is what we do. Right. So love you guys even the haters man let's go let's do it jesus was hated he was really killed by haters so <laughs> right. i mean we're to expect that right we're to expect that the world's a hornet's nest and we're in there with with like spray like <laughs> are you sure you're right <laughs> anyway so content for tonight is uh, in the beginning in the beginning yeah genesis probably one through three but more maybe, than likely maybe. first two verses 
<laughs> but, <laughs> the way that we do things, it's like, yeah, but what does in the beginning mean? So there might be some of that. That's great. It is great. That means there's an in. Exposition. It's really good stuff. We have to explain this stuff. So, but just so the people listening, what you can expect is discussion from Genesis 1 through 3 tonight. The whole garden scene, the beginning, the garden, the exit from the garden, all of it. And I will say this changed my life when I was studying this. I've never seen it the same since I studied this. So um, this might be deeper than you expect, and that's okay. It's good to be stretched, you know. But anyway, bro, as par for the course, um, how would you like to start? I would like you to take the floor because <laughs> so you're, you're – uh... <laughs> I know you're quite studied in this. So I don't have to say, actually. <laughs> May I? May I? That's okay, dude. Um, just to kind of like a little blockbuster, a little spoiler alert, I believe that scripture shows us that the first three chapters of the Bible continually repeat until the end of the Bible. <laughs> like I could get behind that. Everything, the, the mm. prophets, the law, the poetry, the wisdom books, Christ, creation, new creation, covenants. I, I believe that the first three chapters is not just the beginning, it's the blueprint. <laughs> and if, if you come to the point where you might see that that's valid, it'll change the way the rest of the Bible looks because right now it's very common to look at the Bible one chapter, one verse at a time. And I love that. I, I love to break it down. I think it's necessary. However, if, if from the micro, you can go a little bit to the higher level macro view and you can look out over the Bible instead of in the Bible, you'll see that this stuff just repeats. Right. I've, I've said this before, and it's the the theme is very cyclical. There's this um, perfection with God. Okay, we're righteous with God. Oh, we decided we want to be righteous ourselves. Oh, now we're in trouble. God save us, please. <laughs> and it's the Old Testament is just this whole big like we. It's almost like a wheel. Yeah. Going around, going. Okay, we're righteous. Uh, we want to be self-righteous. Oh, crap, we're in trouble. <laughs> Pretty much. It's, I mean, I don't even see it over and over again. In the New Testament, too, but um, pretty much you see this story of God doing something great, man doing something wrong, right. <laughs> and a exodus. So here's how I kind of look at it. You have... Creation, you have um, a dog barking. <laughs> you have creation, God, the Holy Spirit, really, birthing something. And then you have this period of where there's right relationship. And then you have this period of where there's human issues coming into play. And then you have this period where there's punishment for the human issues and then you have this period where the punishment gets turned into exile they have to leave that place that god gave them because of their wicked ways and then you have 
this new thing come again and again and again. And that's true. You're right. And I agree. And I don't think many people see that because we either go no scripture or tiny bits of scripture. Right. And I think that there's room for all of that. But what I would like to show in context, yes. What I would like to show is it's really one big story that just happens a hundred times or 10 times, or I don't know how many, but it's really one big story. And it's a story of, like I just said, God is awesome and he loves people and he gives them something good. And those people Spit in his face. do something bad with his something good. Right. And then there's repercussions from that. And that's where a lot of atheists are like, if your God was so, but they can't see what they've done to him. Right. <laughs> you know, and if they could, not only would they repent and turn back to him, they would understand. Right. It's not him being mean. It's the repercussion of uh, being out of relationship with him. So I would like to just keep that as a um, precursor as to the discussion tonight. I'm looking at it through that lens of check this out and see where it happens here and check Mm -hmm. this out and see where it happens here just so we can make the Bible easier to understand. It's not a million words that you have to figure out. It's a story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a it's a story. You know, there's a lot of people, um, some of the students that we talk to or that I talk to in some of my classes, I will, this was very enlightening when this happened. Um, a student said to me, okay, we we're talking about like a book that I was reading. They're like, okay, what are the... Um, context clues that I need to know for this story. And I'm like, bro, you're going to ask me that about a book I'm reading. Those are the questions you need to be asking about the Bible you're reading. But that gets like missed somehow. A lot of people forget that this is a story and a story within a story. And if we can read this as a narrative when it needs to be a narrative and um, then we will see God's majesty even more, I think. That's what happened to me. I read this book called From um, paradise to prison. <laughs> and when I read that, I had no clue what I was talking about. A friend of mine gave it to me. They're like, okay, bro, you need to read this. And I said, okay. And I'm like, what the heck is this talking about? <laughs> it never, it was foreign to me. It was foreign that the garden scene wasn't the beginning of the Bible. It was the Bible in the beginning, if that makes sense. It was everything in the Bible that we see happens in the garden. And because the garden wasn't executed the right way, it happens over and over again until someone executes it perfectly. Right. And that's Christ the Messiah. I didn't know that. I just thought, okay, Genesis 1 through 3. Okay. Uh, uh, Hebrews. Okay. Noah. Okay. Moses. Okay. Like it was all, I had to link all these things together and remember all these things. And now it's just like, no, not really. You just got to read the first three chapters and then see how it plays out again and again and again and again. I hate to keep saying this, but um, shout out to Ben. Again. What's up, Ben? Um, Colorado Ben. Colorado Ben. He's going to have to be like a special guest when Let's he comes do it. on the we'll show. We'll fly you in. No, well, I don't think we're doing that. <laughs> Flights are crazy expensive yeah. right now. Uh, but he was so integral to my initial walk with the Lord. Um, a lot of these nuggets came from him, and that's one of them. Like He's like, as you read the Old Testament, just watch how it's the same thing over and over and over yeah. again. It's so cyclical. It is, bro. Um, and even the theme, but also the, also there's themes inside the themes, right? which is crazy. Um, anyway, well, 
I'm not going to read every single verse, but I want to just, if it's okay with you, just kind of uh, pick a few that would be interesting to talk about. So one of the things that was very crazy for me was to understand the world was in chaos. The world was in chaos at the beginning. I don't know what I thought before, but I didn't think that. I didn't think that it was like, you know, you look at the the waters or you look at the, um, and it says, uh, void, the earth was without form and void. It was had no form and it was void. It was void of everything. I would think life and anything good. Everything. And oh, yeah. It was just, na- it was, there's nothing real good about it. Um, and darkness was over the face of the deep. So no light, complete black. No, it was almost like a Star Wars kind of, you know, they go to these, if you're younger, you won't understand this. I barely even watch Star Wars, but they'll go to some planets and it's got nothing. Right. And it's just sand flying around and there's no footprints because no one's ever been there. And it's like void of, of anything really good. And in some of those episodes, you'll find something's hiding under the rock. And the only way that they can survive is to hide under like crazy stuff. But it was even worse than that. There was no one living there whatsoever. It was completely void. There's no life period. No life whatsoever. Um, And that was from what we can see um, the way that God created it. Now that's wild. That's like, like, I mean, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void and darkness was over the face of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Now to me, you can, you can tell me what you think about this, but to me, um, that's crazy to me that all of this that we see now wasn't there. Everything we see now in the beginning was not there. Right. Anything that has been created naturally through through the creation narrative, you'll see in a, in a little bit, God called good. So if you look at it just here in just this one verse, and I, I swear I'm not going to do this every verse, <laughs> but in this one verse, you see nothingness. Right. It's but, pretty much like being blind. Yeah. In a way. Yeah. But God doesn't call it bad. No. He doesn't call it bad. It just, it was the absence of good. Right. Right. And... Some people may say that is bad, and I don't want to argue that maybe, but it doesn't say bad here. It says it was dark, and it was void, and it had no form to it. Yeah, it just existed. It just existed. And then you start to see a beautiful thing happen, which I missed for a couple years. The Holy Spirit's introduced the first verse of the book. Right in there. The first it doesn't. The Spirit he doesn't get intru- of God was yes. covering over He doesn't get introduced in Acts 2 like a lot of people think Mm-mm. with this Pentecost. No. Verse one, and the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Now, what do you think the spirit of God was doing? <laughs> hovering? I know, but <laughs> what does that mean? Like doing doing something, just hovering? What's the point of hovering? Like, what was he there for? What was he? Does your brain not go to stuff like that? It does. I think but- that if you can... We can dialogue about this, but I think that the Holy Spirit was the one doing all the things that God was telling it to do. Oh, like a worker? 
yes. the worker version of God, the implementer of God. Yes, exactly. So God said, let there be light, Holy Spirit, light, make it happen. Now, the reason I think that is not, not only because there's a lot of scholars who, who believe that as well, but mainly because if you look in the New Testament, the Holy Spirit's the one creating the, things there. The doer. Yes. yes. So Jesus came and did his part on the cross, but he says to his disciples, wait, there's even something better coming. Yes. And you won't be um, empowered in a way until the Holy Spirit comes. So as I've been studying for a couple of years now, I've seen this thing happen. Even with the prophets, even with the Old Testament kings, Saul had the spirit of God on him to do something. And then when the spirit of God left, he could not do anything. Right. All he could do was void and darkness and evil things and stuff like that. And then you see the anointing get talked about in the Old Testament so much. And the anointing with the oil was really just a physical representation of the Holy Spirit being on that person to do whatever God had set them apart to do. So when you look at that, I seem to think that the Holy Spirit is the agent of God's power. Whereas we've always heard God's word, and I'm not saying that's not true, but I've kind of always wondered what's the Holy Spirit doing here if not doing something? What do you think about that? Uh, I think it makes a lot of sense. It also um, kind of makes me think about <clears throat> how uh, in order, this is going to go kind of deep, in order for God to exist outside of time and space, he has to be obviously outside of time and space. Right. That's what ties us to this time in space in the universe now, right? We're inside the realm of time and space. So in order for him to interact with us inside of time and space, he needs a part of him to be here. And then based on what you just said, Jesus saying the helper, well, if Jesus, who is human form of God, knows of the helper then he knew of him from eternity as the helper before any of this existed and said, and so that's saying to me, that's saying that the Holy spirit was the helper who was forming the earth. I agree with that. Not only because I agree with that, but <laughs> also because I think that's so true, not only here, but everywhere. Like if you look oh, agreed. at multiple throughout the Bible, yeah. if you look at, um, what the Holy Spirit does in the, the whole breadth of the Bible. He is a an agent of making supernatural things on earth. Right. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Whether it's super, whether it's spiritual gifts or whether it's um you know seeing spiritually, like we talked about a few weeks mm -hmm. ago, or whether it's even understanding what the gospel news is, or salvation, or the dark things, or whatever it is. All of that is supernatural to a natural being. Right. So in order for us to have that moment of, whoa, I can now see things, not just, not like demons. Well, I mean, maybe, but I'm saying now I understand and perceive things different than I did before. A human can't do that on its own. They need the helper. They need the helper. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. They need the helper to do su supernatural spiritual things. And it seems to me that the Holy Spirit is that agent, right? <laughs> is that agent? And I said this, uh, I might've put it on IG a little bit ago, but it just like blew my mind. 
and I don't know, I haven't had this vetted by anyone, so don't roast me if this isn't true. But yeah, <laughs> I think this is true that God planned it. Jesus did it. The Holy Spirit's doing it. Right. <laughs> I think that that's true. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, think, I mean, it, that seems scriptural to me. Yeah. And, but I don't know. Sometimes the Holy Spirit gets like a, um, reputation of being crazy or doing crazy things or doing out of control things or doing these like rooms of fire or whatever, or fire tunnels or, you know what? I mean, if it's right, it's right. But I don't see that necessarily. Mm -mm. I see the Holy spirit making supernatural things readily understandable and available, available to mortal human bodies. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And dwelling us to, to be able to do that, the agent of change in a way. And I think that's what's happening in the beginning. Um, the Holy Spirit is evident and visible from the very first opening word of the entire Bible. And he's the one bringing the supernatural change to this void and dark earth. And he is bringing beautiful things to it, almost heavenly things to it. And I think that we'll talk about that shortly, but I want to just set that as someone's maybe lens that they can put on. The Holy Spirit is from heaven. Do you agree? Yes. Okay. The earth is not heaven. Do you agree? Yes. Okay. Do you believe that if the Holy Spirit is here, his job is really to point to heavenly things? Yes. I agree. So as we're looking at that, it makes the garden way more uh, interesting. If you don't look at it as just some place where people lived, if you look at it as a place where um, heaven and earth might meet, <laughs> I mean, Ezekiel calls Eden. We'll get to Eden in a second. I want to mm -hmm. give you a chance to say what you want to say about anything leading up to that. But Ezekiel calls Eden a place on a mountain facing east. And if you look at all of the tabernacles and temples, it's a place on a mountain facing east and water flows out of it. And it seems very likely to me that Eden was the first temple. And not only that, it was the first temple where God dwelled among non-heavenly beings. Right. He would come down and walk with them and, and um, sup with them might be a biblical term. But I think that Instead of us thinking that maybe it's the first story in the Bible, I think if we look at it as God's design, it'll make things clear, much more clear. Oh, for sure. Because we don't have to <clears throat> try and make the garden narrative fit our lives. We have to ask how far away have we gone from that narrative? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bro, come on, man. You want to talk about getting right. Let's read through the garden and let's see where we are now mm -hmm. and where they were. And if this was God's first design, you have to believe it was his um, intention, I think. Because if he wanted us to have cameras and TVs and he would have put it in the garden. If he wanted sure. us to have vapes and premarital sex and idols, he would have put it in the garden. But 
because he can create anything. We sometimes think that, in my opinion, God only did the most he could do in the garden. <laughs> like, Oof, that's a slippery slope. I mean, for real, like we think, well, that's so archaic and that's so ancient that we have to modify his design to make it fit us. And I, I would stand on a rock and say, actually, we've modified his design to fit us. Right. And our worldly and, desires, our fleshly desires. And the, you start to see problems from that mm-hmm. big time. You start to see problems from that. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm one of the biggest um, sinners of that, if you will. And sin might become more apparent once we start talking about this. But um, now a lot of my sin has, thank God, through the power of the Holy Spirit that I can see spiritually has gone away. Yeah. And it's getting, as the Bible talks about, it gets less and less, right. less and less. Like I'm much less of a selfish person than I was just weeks ago. Oh, and I'm 100%. eating less than I was just weeks ago. Not that eating's bad, but I'm indulging less or overindulging, I should say, mm-hmm. less through the power of the Holy Spirit. But when you look at the garden, you have to ask yourself, were they overindulging? Were they doing all these things? Were they, what does God's recipe for divine living look like? And instead of saying that's too old, why don't we say, let's get back to it? Now, you won't hear me say, let's go get 100 acres and only live on the <laughs> land. But I'm not someone who says that's wrong. Can you imagine how many, how many diseases and stuff we'd get rid of if we just lived off the earth? Stopped eating crap. Stopped. Oh, processed crap. Cra- processed yeah, crap, crap, man-made general, stuff. Like, yeah. bro, the most beautiful things come from the earth. And do you think that that's um, coincidental? No, not at all. No. I completely agree with you that if I mean if you look at some tribesmen who live in remote parts of the world cool helicopter um, if you look at some remote tribes and the people who live in the remotest parts of the world uh, granted some of them eat each other <laughs> they do uh, but they don't know Christ yet but they're the healthiest people on the planet I would love to know. I would love to see a study of like the amount of cancer in third world remote countries where they do nothing but eat wild animals and and vegetables that are grown. It's very low. I'm sure it's extremely low. I looked into that. There's certain countries that only eat plant based diets. That's it. They don't even eat meat. I mean, you look at some of the Hebrew laws where God says don't eat this meat, this meat. You have to think maybe there's something to it. Sure. He knows more than we do, but. And the certain countries that are plant-based only, no meat whatsoever, the cancer rates are the lowest in the country by a, by a wide margin. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, like very, very low cancer rates. Almost none. I'd have to look that up, but I did look it up at one point, and I feel like it was almost none. Certain cancers were not even existent there. Um, and then some of the cancer, cancers come from like the pollutants the, yeah, yeah, and stuff in the air or whatnot. But they but, can't get away from them, yeah. But um, yeah, I looked into so that. So it kind of aligns with... What you're saying, if we lived closer to the original design. Yeah. So it's almost like um, to, to use an atheist viewpoint, it's almost like the telephone game. We're so far removed from the original description. Yeah. That we don't even know what the original description was. It's true. And it. 
and it sickens us because we're like, that's not what it says at all. How do you that's, know? That's not what the descriptions, you know, they're like, oh, that, that's not what they're trying to say. It's like, well, it is. <laughs> I mean, just think about it. If you took TV out, internet out, social media out, fast food out, um, don't post this part. I'm not, well, I'm in charge of clipping. I won't clip this part. Women activism out, male chauvinist out, racism out, um, smoking out, uh, addiction out, um, idols out, like the things that the Bible says are bad to for keep you? out. We kind of have a garden type lifestyle where you're just chilling. I mean, you go to sleep with the sun, you raise up, or you go to sleep with the moon, you raise up with the sun, you get to see the beautiful, there's no polluting clouds, you get to see the beautiful sky. As David used to uh, point to the skies and, and see how beautiful God was. And you get like, you'll see that that here, that even the animals are under their control. I thought, I didn't want to share this with many people, but I did have this thought one time. And I could just picture, because you know, we were the Adam necessarily and Eve, I think we're supposed to have dominion and control over the animals, you know, and he would name them and they came to him and he named them. And you see this picture of this, you know, gorilla coming to sit right in front of him and had no animosity towards humans mm -hmm. yet had no survival instinct towards humans as far as predator prey. It was subservient. And I wonder how many animals, this is going to be wild, okay, but don't judge me. How many animals could we use at our disposal to get the things done that we need to do, that we can't do as humans? I have not taken LSD today. <laughs> I, have, I have not taken ecstasy today. I think this is a real thing to, to wonder. Think about a giraffe. Why is it that tall, bro? Think about an elephant. Why is it like that? A tiger, why is it made like that? You can't just say for us to look at, no. I think there's a function. And I think if they were under our control, where we were in a garden and we were like, hmm, I need to move this rock, but I can't. Elephant, come here. Come here, elephant. Uh, pick this rock up and take it over there for me. Dude, can you imagine a place where not only were we in total control of ourselves, we were in total control of all the animals too? wild right and i think that's what the garden was like until the curse now do you think i'm crazy no i could totally see that a little bit a little bit yeah. <laughs> a little crazy or a little see it both i mean it makes sense because again it was perfect harmony perfect harmony so, if the, so if the animals that were there obviously you know here it is verse Genesis 1.26, then God said, let us make man in our image. That's an interesting word. Why do you say our? After our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Now keep that verse in, in very close proximity because we will need that again soon. Oh yeah. We will need that again soon because man... Now, now the word man here means human. It doesn't mean gender at this point. Right. Human. Humans were made in the image of God. And I would venture to say, based on some 
Hebraic terms of expression that it meant heavenly beings, godly like. I've read that before as well. Heavenly, like the word is Elohim, really. Yes, Elohim. Yes. Elohim, and it's a it's a plural, and it could be, it you know there's a lot of people that would argue, and I might sit on this fence. It could be the Trinity, Trinitarian, um, God that's the Father, God always, the Son, God yeah, the Holy Spirit. That's what I've always could be. understood it to be. Yeah. When, because let us obviously represents plural. Yeah. Um, and I just always believe it to be if, if you are a Trinitarian, which we are, <laughs> um, then that three equals enough to be plural. Then, and... Uh, so this is, why do I always get the deep stuff? <laughs> so Jesus and the Holy Spirit, well, we know the Holy Spirit was there. Because they are one part of the three Godheads, they exist eternally. So therefore, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and Yahweh God all existed together before man. There is also some uh, debates that it could be like you said, heavenly bodies. So angels in the court of there, there is a court of higher angels that existed before man. And God, Yahweh was saying, we will make them in our image as in the, the court of higher angels or whatever, higher beings that he had at the time. I've heard that. Um, there's a lot of, that's an argument I've heard. Yeah, I'm not saying I agree with that, but I've heard that too. And I, I almost, I'm no expert, right? But I almost would side with that versus the Trinitarian approach. And here's why: I understand the Trinitarian approach makes sense for for what we know as the Triune God and all that. However, in the end, when they get kicked out, God kicks them out and says, "If we don't get them out of here." Um, they will be gods without end. He says they've become like gods. So there has to be a some kind of delineation between why that was an issue for God if he made them gods to begin with. Right. Right. So that's why I'm kind of like, okay, if I look at that, if I take the two back and forth, and now that I am seeing spiritually more than ever before, I'm wondering if this just simply means we'll make them like heavenly beings with with the heavenly nature, morals, heavenly uh, divine kind of mindset. The perfectionism perfection, that is yeah. a heavenly being. Uh, we will put heaven on earth right. in a way. Whoa, bro. Could yeah, I mean, that be? It ties the two together. And then Jesus prays this prayer. Lord, bring heaven to earth. Bring those people who are submitted to you and doing your will like the garden. The, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like it's too much. Right. But it's true, man. Yeah. It's not, it's way more than we see. And it's way more than we think. There is a realm out there. There is a heavenly realm and a spiritual realm. Some, some physicists, now this is secular physicists, not, not, not creationists, not, not Christian physicists, some secular physicists have said if there is God, that he would be at least eight-dimensional. <laughs> I can't even wrap my brain around eight, that. What do we have, three, four, if you include time? Right. 
4. Um, so in order for God to be able to maneuver all of this stuff that we walk through, he would have to be at least five-dimensional, which is gnarly. Mind-boggling. And then to say he's minimum eight-dimensional. Minimum. Minimum eight-dimensional. We can't even come up with those dimensions. We don't know what they are. But it's... Man. So we have to be able to... I have witnessed it. I've asked the Holy Spirit to stretch me and let me see. Not like in a creepy, weird way, but it's more than my fence and these lights and these microphones in my house and then my car and oil changes and <laughs> grocery stores and who likes me, who doesn't like me. It's more than that, bro. It's so much more than that. And I think from the very beginning, the thing was, let me put my heavenly creature on earth. And as we'll see, give them dominion over everything. And the question is, what are they going to do with it? It's wild, bro. I'm going to say wild a lot today because I don't know any other, maybe the F word. (laughs) (laughs) That's how I feel, bro. That's how I feel saying like, it's insane because then if we look to now, what heavenly is going on, bro? Do we see much heavenly going on? No, not at all. And the people that claim that they are doing heavenly things, a lot of times it's in the name of their prosperity or their um, fame and fortune. or And that does not happen in God's original design. Bro, we're so far away. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I might upset some people with this, but I'm just repeating what I heard. So okay. um, to your point, I was listening to a Chuck Swindell sermon this week. I love Pastor Swindell. Uh, he is, I think he's an amazing man of God. And he was saying, before you come to me asking to be healed for prayers, uh, make sure that you are taking the medicine the doctor gave you first. Hmm. He said because uh, his reasoning was all of that was created in one, some instance by God. And like the education and the technology... Like use that first and then, and we will pray with you. But he's like, there's people who, if they don't take their medicine, they're crazy. And he goes, you're not helping yourself first. Like follow your doctor's orders and we'll pray for you at the same time. Yeah. (laughs) Give him your email address, Brandon. (laughs) For all inquiries about that. I've heard that. I mean... I don't know, bro. I don't know, dude. Like, because I don't see medicine in the garden, dude. Now, I don't see disease in the garden either. Right, exactly. So I'm not saying uh, I take medicine. I had a seizure when I was in the hospital a couple years ago, and they keep telling me to take it. I haven't had a seizure. So I say, why do I need to take this if I haven't had a seizure? And they say, well, you haven't had a seizure because you're taking your medicine. (laughs) And I'm like, well, okay. Okay. (laughs) I I can see that. You know? So... I'm tempted a lot to be like, nah, screw this. But wisdom tells me, what's the right. problem? Is it keeping me away from my testimony? No. Is it right. affecting my relationship with Christ? Not at all. No. Yeah. It's no harm. So why not? Now, if I was hooked on Xanax, let me just take this. Because I was hooked on, it wasn't Xanax, but it was called Clonopin. And it was just like Xanax, but it was longer, it was longer mm-hmm. lasting. But it was very, very, very addictive. Now... 
that was getting in the way of my relationship with Christ and with others because I couldn't leave my house unless I took it. And I wouldn't leave my house if I was running low. And I, if I didn't have any in my pocket, I would need to go home and get some. It completely, um, my faith was on that only. Right. And it got in the way of my relationships and my wife. I couldn't go to parties without it. And that to me was very disruptive. Yeah. So thank God I don't take that anymore after 10 years. It was, it's a miracle that yeah. I even came off of that. But I see that sometimes medicine is right. Well, and, even like in my case with the, with the diabetes, yeah. like I have to have insulin or I'm going to die. Yeah. Like there's no way around it. I mean, that might solidify my relationship with Jesus real quick. <laughs> Correct. In person <laughs> or in spirit. Now, um, if, if you said to God, God, I really want to be healed from diabetes. Now, because of your long-term relationship with diabetes, if you said, God, I don't, I don't want to be dumb about this. I will quit taking it if I know it's you telling me. Please show me this sign. Now, if the next day God shows you that sign, are you stepping out in faith and doing it? Oh, probably, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. So you're not I saying mean, no healing. No, I'm not saying no okay. healing at all. I um, And to his, I hadn't got to this yet, but to his point, um, it is under God's will and that every condition is part of a, a testimony to some degree. And of course, you know, we know scripture says he works all things for his good. So he does. Um, you know, I've been diabetic since I was four years old, going on 36 years. It'll be 36 years this, the end of this year. Um, I don't know why. Yeah. And full transparency, I used to be so angry at God. Like, dude, I was four years old. What did I do to deserve this? For real, bro. Yeah. Like, I, I you know, because. And if there's any diabetics listening, they totally understand this. You just have bad days as a diabetic. And those days are sometimes are terrible where you're just like, this is ridiculous. Why do I have to do this every day? Now, modern technology, insulin pumps and continuous glucose monitors, stuff like that makes it way easier. But when I was a teenager, before I had become agnostic, um, I was just like, bro, if you exist, why did I, why do I have to live with this? I didn't. You know, and, and it kind of led me to that, like, what sin could I have committed by the time I was four years old to deserve this type of punishment? Really? And I yeah. was angry at God. Like, I didn't, I don't even know what I could have done to deserve this and just completely took it out on him, you know? Um, People do that. Yeah. And I'm a walking testimony of that. Yeah. But now I'm of the mindset that, you know what, it is what it is. And it, it may be for his glory. It may just be a thing, right? Yeah. Like it could just be something that happened to my body because of the fall that I had no choice in. Yeah. Fallen world. Fallen world, right. It could just be a symptom of a fallen world. All I know is that I have my faith in Jesus now that if I, if he wanted to heal me, sure, 100% could, could, you know, he wouldn't even have to think of, have to think about it, but it could happen in a millisecond, right? Remember when that thing on your back got healed? Yeah. <laughs> It happens. Right, right. And and it's all for his testimony and for his glory. Um, but if it doesn't, I'm still going to praise him the same Amen. every day until the day I die. Amen. And when I get to heaven, if he decides to sit me down and be like, hey, this is why, cool. If not, still yeah. praising him, holy, holy, holy. Take, a, take an airplane break. <laughs> The joys of living near an Amazon warehouse. 
which is <laughs> right. almost everyone now. A- yeah, Amazon. We have three around Airport. There. So do you. Well, I have Sefner and this one. and So I would be willing to say to you, um, either medicine will help you, heal you. Medicine can heal people. Right. Um, the Holy Spirit will heal you here or your uh, regenerated body glorified body will have no diabetes in it Amen. i can promise you that bro. i know that much because that's not a, that's not perfect that's right. not from god no right I it's complete, not i completely agree use it, right but that wasn't his do- design bro nope his design was not diabetes his design was not man cancer that wasn't his design nope. dude so what we do in my opinion we go around asking god to take that away mm-hmm. god would you show this person who you are not that you want that but that you've allowed that just like they said in the gospels does this man blind because of his sin or his parents' sin? And Jesus was like, no, bro. It's so that my glory will be right. made known. So I do think we go around and saying, God, please show this person your design. Let that cancer be gone. And when they do, you just hope that they run to him. Right. Because the Bible tells us not many do. Mm-hmm. Uh, some do and they see, but some just take the prize and <laughs> they walk away. Anyway, so I think we do ask God, Holy Spirit, do your heavenly thing, man. Get rid of this earthly sickness, evil sickness. Get rid of it. And if not, God, you want to do something with it's, it? Let's go. It's so funny you know? how much, like, again, back to seeing the spirit and learning more about God. Like, I've even stopped. I don't even ask to be healed anymore. Like, it's part of my my fallen body. Yeah. Like, I don't care. Like, if he wanted to, he could heal me, whatever. But, I'm again, I'm still just going to pray, continue to praise him no matter what. Amen. All right. You ready to keep going? Sure. Okay. So I'm in verse 26 of chapter one still, and I just want to. I know we're, we're barely going to get space. Um, <laughs> If we can get to. If we can get through the end of chapter two and possibly do the garden next week, that's okay with me. I don't care because. Yeah, I think we're. This we took can, me like six months to get through. Yeah, yeah. So I'm good with that. It's okay. There's too many good things in here. I think here. we're already like almost an hour in. All right, well, let's finish real quick. <laughs> so here's just what I would like to, we can stop at the end of chapter one. I don't care. Yeah, that's fine. But at 26, God gives humans the uh, dominion to uh, be heavenly in nature, like in their being and in their morals and stuff like that. But I won't even say earthly yet because there's no fall at this point. It's a heavenly design. It's a heavenly right. being. It's a heavenly creature. Everything's perfect right now. Um Dominion over the livestock, over the birds, over the fish, all that stuff. So verse 27 says, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So now we see the separation. Humans now to man and female or male and female. And I think it's very interesting because you hear this preached over and over and over again about God's image. We're made in God's image. We're made in God's image. And a lot of time, I think that means people take a lot of pride in who they are because they're made in God's image. <laughs> and that's the opposite of how he made them. Right. And a lot of people are like, no, we're made in God's image. We have, we should have all of this purpose and all of this joy. And, and I can kind of understand that. However, I think they're missing the point. I think being made in God's image is not you and I are the image of God. It is basically you and I reflect the image of God. Right. We are God's image. It's almost like this person that I listened to, um, his name is uh, G.K. Beale, and he's fantastic. 
he's a he's a post millennialist, which I don't necessarily agree with right now, but I do find a lot of his symbolism very intriguing. And he says this course, this passage right here that we're going into is the setup of God's priest in God's temple. <laughs> because he says this, I've created you in my image. If you look at the priest, they were supposed to be sinless when they walked in the temple. They were supposed to have nothing error. Their their clothes had to be perfect. Their Everything had to be perfect for them to enter like the Holy of Holies. And when you look at that, it really resembles what's going on here because God is placing his images, which a lot of people think are uh, little mirrors in a way, like or or like a a piece of in my mind, I think of it like a chess piece, like a king and a queen in the temple. And they are now God's only at this point um, images on earth. They've got the animals. They're not in the image of God. But now there are two people on all of earth in this little tiny spot that's good called, well, we'll get to that in a second. But And now they are on earth to be God's representatives. That's maybe right. a better yeah, I think way. A representative is a good word. That might be a best way for right now for us to explain this. Uh, we are not made perfect like God. We're not. No. no one comes out perfect. If if we put ourselves next to God right now, we wouldn't even come close to his image. However, no. however, at this time, Adam and Eve or man and woman right now are in on earth to represent him. And they're going to do it um, very well for a little bit because they are that's all they know. Right They're He made them in their image. They're not trying to be his image. And right. I think that's a huge, a huge break when the fall happens. Now everyone tries to be his image and they can't, but these were just in his image. If that makes sense. Does that make sense? Mm, Did I confuse anyone? Yeah. You think? Anyway, oh, I'm sure. <laughs> and this is the very cool part right here. Um, many times this gets skipped over, but, and God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the, we already went through that. So, and God blessed them. I never even took a second on that. Never even paid attention to, uh, and God bless them. I had heard in my time by, by like maybe a year ago when I started looking into this, maybe a year and a half ago, two years ago, I had heard the word blessed so much, never even made me stop in my tracks. Blessed, I'm blessed, we're blessed, be blessed, blah, blah, blah. It was just like a normal word for me. But at this time, thinking about God blessing them, now I understand it was to do the things he was telling them to do. It was almost like he was divinely saying, you are endowed. You are blessed. I'm giving you the ability. I'm giving you my blessing to go forth and do yes, but what I've designed you to do. Even when you say blessing, to me, I'm thinking, that maybe it's just me, but I, I would venture to say it's a lot of people. Bless you, bro. Handshake. Bless you, bro. Oh, yeah. Bless you, bro. It's so generic. But think about getting God's blessing. And I don't think it's a handshake. Good right, luck no, out there, no, pal. No, no. It's, you know? it's more like, uh, I think it would be more like um, when I was dating my wife and I went to her father and said, may I have the blessing to marry your daughter? I think Like permission? That, permission. I give you, and God, per, God gave them permission? Let's look it up. I haven't looked it up in a while. I don't know that permission would be the correct word. Yeah, I think that's tough too. Um, 
I almost want to say they received the ability. Right. And that's... God's like divine. The word endowment works for me, at least in my vocabulary. Um, so in the English language, blessing, the definition is God's favor and protection. Uh Let's see, in the Hebrew. A person's sanction or support. He gave the plan his blessing even before it was announced. Where'd you find that? It's just, I just Googled the word blessing for the definition. In okay. English, not, not Greek. Well, yeah. Hebrew is way different. Okay. Way different. Um, it, um... Almost every single one brings about the notion of kneeling before someone um, or praising them in one instance or adoring them. Um, it's almost like, it's almost like as if, you know, like, like in olden days thing. they were like, yeah, yeah. They, it was almost like God was, bro, I don't know if this is true, but it kind of makes sense. God was passing the baton. Okay. Right. Go. Um, almost the Great Commission in a way. Come on, bro. Don't tell me that's the Great Commission at the of, in Genesis. I've never thought about that, but I've been reading a lot about the Commission in in the New Testament, and it seems similar. Go, mm -hmm. and you'll see. The rest of this verse might support us because, um, go. Let's just say God says go. God blessed him. Go, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth with what. Fill the earth with what? And subdue it from what? Those those Hebrew words are, are interesting because we get a sense because we know where they go. But let's just let's assume we have no clue what's happening to them. You're a Hebrew reader. You have no you have no clue about the garden. Subdue and fill are priestly terms. They are not garden terms. Now you separately they can be guard in terms like keep that or guard that or guard in that or whatever. But those two words are used in, are used many times together in the Old Testament for a priestly role of the temple. And what it means is to protect and to like, um, as a priest does, like protect and expand. Okay. Now this is crazy because I believe what God is telling the humans are to don't let any bad thing in and expand your territory, your territory, Tory, Tony, territory. Is that a word? It's not a word. No. Territory. Okay. So protect what I've given you and expand it. Don't let any bad thing in and fill the earth with what? Well, with little use with right. other people that, that make the image of me and other mm -hmm. people that want God's best on earth and other people that want to make uh, an image of him, not an image of them. Right. Mm -hmm. So this gets very interesting because you see what happens in the garden. Well, and what's, so I recently read about this and it's, um, there's a lot of implications here because, uh, traditionally the story of Adam and Eve, you think they're the only two in the garden. Mm. 
Well, he's already told them to go and multiply. Yeah. So we have no clue how many people were in the garden at the fall. We know Adam and Eve were the ones to make the mistakes, but that would have to be because they were the first, they were the eldest there. <laughs> That's a rabbit hole, right? A very deep rabbit hole. But oh. yes, there is implications here that the, the garden could have been. Like who knows how long? Who knows Nobody how knows how long. There is no timeline between him t- telling them to go and multiply and the fall. It so, could have been. Could have been a million years. Yeah, could have been. There's could really have no, been one year. There's no implication that says Adam and Eve were the ones he was talking to. <laughs> Adam and Eve could have been the ones that rebelled. Bro, come on, man. Right. What the heck? Right. Which would explain. Now we'd have come to come on he- now. Come on now. We'd have to go to Hebrews and, and just double check, which we maybe we will in between episodes. But w- that would explain um, how there were so many, how the process of reproduction happened after the garden. Right. Because I get a lot of people that say, "Oh, well, if Adam and Eve, there's so much incest." How was there all these people, and they were we born out of incest? And there's because incest does, incest doesn't exist in a perfect, sinless world. Or is it only incest because of sin? I mean, Maybe. I don't know because you'd have to really. <clears throat> this would have to fit the Noah. No, I'm not I'm story not as well for incest. Obviously, I'm just saying incest <laughs> is best. Put your sister to the test. <laughs> That's what they say. That's that's the old saying. <laughs> that's the old saying. That's not my saying. <laughs> that's not my saying. That's the old West Virginia saying. Talk about a rabbit hole. Jeez. This did not mean to go down. Because Noah got wiped out and they had to restart. Right. Um I don't know. Very interesting point. But it is it's something I've been reading and I was like, hmm, this makes a lot of sense actually. Yeah. Very interesting. All right. Well, it is six o'clock. You let's just you want to finish out chapter one and then yeah, come back that. to it. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, in my the way I see it is, they've gotten their mission: go multiply, fill the earth, um, make this whole earth heaven, make this whole earth um, a new place where these beings can go, but still experience. You can have your own free will. You can have your own kind of thing, but still experience a lot of the benefits of heaven. Go make heaven on earth. Mm-hmm. I think. I, I think. I would. I could agree with that. I think. And if that's the case, guard it, protect it, expand it. Um, and as we'll see later on, maybe an episode or two from now, Adam lets someone in that he shouldn't have. <laughs> Who could it be? Who could it be? <laughs> He should have been guarding. Right. He should have been protecting his borders and his boundaries. And as we see, um, anyway, so uh, verse 30, into every beast of the earth, into every bird of the heavens, into everything that creeps on earth, everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food and it was so. And this is God's beautiful statement. And God saw everything that he had made and behold, it was good. And there was evening and there was morning on the sixth day. And we we all know what happens the seventh day. Rest comes. And I would love to spend a second on that maybe next episode. Um, because there's a big debate that says Genesis 1, 1 to 2, 4, excuse me, 2, 3, is the way that it was designed. And Genesis 2, 4 going forward is the way that it played out. Hmm. 
it's it's a uh, it's almost as mind-boggling as as that it really is because that would all kind of play together and i've had people rebuke me for that no that you can't go messing around the bible and i'm like i'm not i'm just reading just reading it, it. Yeah, yeah that's it i'm reading between the lines and above the lines and around the lines using context clues and yeah exactly so original hebrew uh, genesis one is crazy i think it's more than we think that's a lot more. and and there's we could go way further than we did but the things that we kind of drew away from today was maybe earth was a little heaven maybe earth was a place where heaven or where excuse me the garden necessarily or, or where the original design was a place where heaven and earth met so that as long as as long as the garden was in these specific scenarios god could come bro but as soon as it changed he couldn't so maybe god's I see here, maybe God's design was expand and protect, expand and protect, make this beautiful creation everywhere so that it could be a gigantic, beautiful creation. I was thinking the other day um, about this and about this spiritual stuff that I've been noticing. What if, let's, what is there, 3 billion people on the planet right now? I think we just eight crossed billion, over 8. 8 billion? 8 billion people, 300 million Christians, I think, something like that. It's a lot. What if there were 8 billion Christians? <laughs> Real, huh. like true, true, true Christians, like right, right. like image bearers. I wish I could change the name to image bearers. That would make much more sense. Well, Christian does mean little little Christ, so it actually does mean that, but I think it's been polluted. I'm Christian. I don't think so. I don't think, I don't think you, whatever. You're referring to casual Christians. Casual Christians, like non-image bearer Christians. But, like I went to church on Sunday. Now I'm going to go to the golf course and drink with my buddies and, you know, look up skirts and, <laughs> but I'm going to back next Sunday. So I'm forgiven. Yeah. I, yes. Um, Christ is a fire suit. People who don't understand. Right. Or abuse or aren't in awe. There's no change. Of this God who design was ruined and crapped on over and over and over again. And the design, his design was so beautiful. It was such a wonderful gift to give. You know how big this earth is, bro. This whole earth was supposed to be filled with image bearers and animals that beckon to us and pure water and wonderful ozone. And it was supposed to be heaven, Perfection. man. Yes, supposed to be. And can you imagine if it was? Mm -hmm. And I think, not that we're going to jump to the Gospels but or Acts, but... I think that's what we're supposed to do now. Try and take it back, bro. Not in a Bethel movement kind of way. Not in a everything has to be perfect before Jesus comes. Right. But to restore what God wanted as much as we possibly can. Only through the power of the Holy Spirit. Only through Jesus giving us the ability to have the Holy Spirit. It all makes sense, bro. It does. It all makes sense because when Jesus is like... all tie together. Yes, I know that I'm good. This, this verse used to... Drive me nuts. I didn't get it. Jesus said he had just done the most amazing thing that's ever happened. Dying, rose again, showing them all these proofs for 40 days about how he was real. He did rise. He defeated death. And he says, I have to leave or else something better can't come. And you're like, something better? <laughs> something better than Jesus? And now we understand we can't do anything without the Holy Spirit. Right. We can't. Because his disciples said during that speech, they said, oh, are you going to restore the kingdom of Israel now? They couldn't see spiritually. Mm -mm. They could All they could see was in the, in the earth, right. fleshly. And I believe God wants us through the Holy Spirit, through Jesus, 
the triune um, situation. I think God wants us to see him through Jesus using the Holy Spirit to make things all back under subjection to him. I think, bro, wouldn't that make him happy? Of course. If everyone saw him again and returned to him and everything that was bad gave it up, won't happen though. Too much sin, man. Too much sin. So I guess chapter two next week. I guess so. That was fun. That was fun. That was fun. Um, you got anything to end with? No. Pretty dark. That's all right. If y'all can't see us, I'm sorry. We we tried to do it earlier today. Yeah, but we'll get it figured out. And I've got this HOA approved vinyl white fence in my backyard and it's not good for photos. So sorry, guys. At least just listen at this point. All right. That's it. Let's pray real quick. God, may we see you. <laughs> may we see how wonderful you are and how beautiful you are and how maybe the beginning isn't just a starting point, but it's the original point and it's the point we should all get back to is trying to see the purity of who you are and what you want and getting rid of anything that doesn't support that cause. Thank you, Jesus, for your obedience, even unto death. Thank you, God, for your design. Your design. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for raising Jesus from the dead Amen. so that this could all be true. And I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would empower us today to be even more witnesses of this wonderful story. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen.